Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. We always love to pick the brain of the true football insiders. And nobody personifies that more than Michael Lombardi joins us from VSIN, former general manager. Now you're writing about football, football yeah. done right. You got your podcast, The GM Shuffle, that we're big fans of. So what do you do with all this? Brock Purdy is good because the players around him are good. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think we've heard the same about, you could go to Joe Montana was great because yeah. he had Bill Walsh. So how do you, when people say things like that, how do you reconcile what's actually happening? Well, was John Stockton only good because of Carl Malone? I mean, when you play quarterback, you're the point guard. Yeah. you got to dish the ball. And when you're the San Francisco 49ers and you make so many yards after the catch, the ball has to be in the right spot. Mm. What people don't realize, when the receiver's back is turned to you, the quarterback throws the ball to the area where the tackler is coming away from. So if a tackler is coming from over here, he's going to throw the ball to the left to force you to turn that way. And so we talk about accuracy with quarterbacks. We Accuracy to the fan is different than accuracy to the pro. You've got to put the ball in the right spot to let the receiver, what Al Davis would say, catch it with his feet and then keep running. That takes a skill. That takes a skill. And we look at the completion. We don't look at where he puts the ball. You know, it, this is the same rhetoric. You know, fortunately enough, I started my career at the 49ers. And in 84, we were in this old building in 7-Eleven Nevada Street. And it, it, it was just really a dump, right? <laughs> And, but in the back room behind the kitchen was, uh, my office was literally in the kitchen, <laughs> but back in the back room were all these notebooks. And I could go back in there and read all these reports mm. from scouts about who wrote this and, you know, talk about the players. This conversation we're having was the same one we had mm -hmm. with Montana, that he's just a product of the system. He would just be no good and yada, 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 and that he would never have done it. And then I write, when I wrote my last book, Football Done Right, I, I mentioned that Bill Bill Tobin's wife, Duke Tobin's dad, who was with the Bengals, he was with the Bears at the time. His wife said to him on the way out the door the morning of the draft, he said to her, she said to him, promise me you'll draft Joe Montana in the third round. Wow. <laughs> okay? And Bill said to his wife, I promise you we will draft Joe Montana if he gets there in the third round. And they take Willie McClendon, the running back from Georgia, and they don't. And she was furious of that. And people say, well, if he would have gone to the Bears, he wouldn't have been any good. No. Joe Montana was good. Mm. Like, Joe Montana was good in high school. Joe Montana was good at Notre Dame. Joe Montana's good at everywhere he goes. Like, great players in the right system are still great. You know, and I think that story is, is 
people take it as all, oh, he would have not been the same player. No, he was great. I think that shows behind every great man, obviously. Great <laughs> no, woman who no, tells you, you to know, draft Joe me, Montana. Trust me, I, 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 I hear that from my wife every day. <laughs> yeah, sure, and she's definitely right. Uh, you know, you mentioned that it's something that we talk about a lot about Patrick Mahomes. Would he be good anywhere? Perloff and I always disagree about that. If you put Patrick Mahomes on the Bears, would he still be yeah. Mahomes? Would he still? We, well, I we mean, disagree I, about this until the cows come home. I do argue because Andy Reid has had such success with oh, quarterbacks yeah. and offense that it's, it's, he'd be good, but he might not be two times. He might be Josh Allen. He might yeah. be just Josh Allen. He may be really good, and we're like, wonder what's going to happen. Andy Reid takes him from being Josh Allen, a really good talent, and puts him in the right system to make it. Like, if you said to me today, what do the Buffalo Bills do on offense? Yeah. I don't really have an answer for you. I don't know who they are on offense. Mm. They're Josh Allen. He makes a play, and he's incredible, and he's, you know, he tilts the field in their favor. But I don't know what their offense is. I really don't. And so I think that, that conversation you two are having is when the system matches the player or the coach puts the system in the right place, magic happens. Andy Reid with Alex Smith or Jim Harbaugh with Alex Smith, right? They understand the strengths and weaknesses of the player and they adhere to that. And I think that's what separates most coaches. And I think that's the issue in Buffalo. Who do they really want to be? You know, they just roll the ball out and say, Josh, win the game. Yeah. You know you're going to make me cry. Oh, yeah. I'm a long-time Buffalo Bills I'm fan. Sorry, no, it's okay. I, I know this is where we rejoice when they run the ball three times yeah. in a row well, or they, twice in a row because it's like seeing Bigfoot. Well, listen, they, they, when they played the Chiefs in, the, in that game, they had the ball 37 minutes. They averaged 4.8 yards per completion, per pass play. They averaged 4.7 rushing in yeah. that game. And nobody's no, nobody talks about that game. Every time it's the greatness of the Chiefs defense, which is great. Sure. But the Bills had ample opportunity. In they were that playing game. a great game, actually, up until the last drive. Midway through the last drive, they were playing the, the game they needed you know, the, to play. The, the fourth but. quarter, they turned it over on downs, <laughs> and then they missed the field goal. I mean, they had it. They had three drives in that game of, of six first downs. Think about that. They had 18 first of their 27 first downs in the game. 18 of them came on three drives. They had five drives of over 10 plays or more. And they lost. I can't do yeah. this. This is why I want I'm the Bills sorry. to go out and get Jim Harbaugh. I said this before the playoffs even started. I didn't care what happened. Yeah. They go all the way to the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter. I wanted them to get Jim Harbaugh, but there was no way that was going to happen. Michael Lombardi is here with us, of course, on behalf of VSIN. We love the GM Shuffle. A former general manager, of course, has worked in the NFL for decades and has a new fo- uh, book, Football Done Right. We have tons of Cowboys fans in our listening mm-hmm. audience, coast to coast. Jerry Jones says the team's going all in. Mm-hmm. You've sat in the GM's chair. What what does all in mean for the Cowboys? I listened to that clip, and what I think he was saying is he's not going to lose Parsons, and he's not going to lose Lamb. Okay. He's going all in on those players. Like I think me, the way I took his his conversation was we're going. I'm I'm resigning Pars- our own guys. I'm going to sign these guys. I'm not losing them. Don't tell me about the cap. Don't tell me about anything else. I'm signing these guys. That's how I took it. Interesting. And I think, to me, he's right. I think the misconception about the Cowboys is people think they underachieved. I think they overachieved. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're as good as people think they are defensively. I know Parsons is a tremendous player, but they lost Diggs, right? They lost Vanderbosch, Bo- Van the, the linebacker, yeah, Van Esch. Yep. You know, their offensive line, when they went on the road, was not good. You know, Tyron Smith really struggles. He's not stayed healthy. So I, I think there's a really misconception out there about about their team. But I think what he was saying very clearly is, look, the great players of this Cowboy team are going to stay here, including Dak. 
Is that enough, though, to get them over that 12 Well, I up? think that there lies the problem, Andrew. I think to me is like you're going to pay Parsons, make him the highest paid defensive yep. player. You're going to pay continue to pay Zach a lot of money, Dak a lot of money, and you're going to pay CeeDee Lamb, one of the highest paid receivers in football. So you got you really have to rely on Will McClay and, and the coach that can develop young players. One of the things about McCarthy, if you remember his career in Green Bay, was Ted Thompson never used free agency. He never traded. Ver he didn't trade. Everything that they did in Green Bay was college draft and college free agents. And McCarthy was very good at developing young players. That's what they're going to have to do. Michael, you're also an expert in leadership. You write about it. You talk about it a lot. I'm curious in organizations. I'm going to take my Eagles. Maggie got to ask the Bills question. Yeah, I'll ask the Eagles. go ahead. Now you have Nick Sirianni. Uh, looked like he was in trouble. You get Vic Fangio, veteran defensive coordinator. Kellen Moore, quite a different offensive coordinator. And Howie Roseman has a lot of power. In an organization like that, is it clear who the leader is to everybody? I think it's that's the hard part, right? You know, I, 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 we wrote about this for the Daily Coach. It's a great scene in The Sopranos where they're all sitting around a table eating lobster, and, and Larry Boy says, we should run this like a committee, and, and Jimmy Altieri says, we're not the Dave Clark Five. It needs to be a paramilitary organization. I think you need to have somebody in command. It's going to be interesting how Nick is, goes to this role. Nick was always involved with the offense, even when Shane was there. But Nick's too emotional on Sunday. Mm -hmm. he, get, he flies off the handle, which doesn't always lend itself to be a great play call. So bringing Kellen Moore in, I think he's still going to have a role there. And with Vic there, he'll have some stability over on the defensive front. Uh, you know, I think the challenge is they're going to have to change their team. They got old, and the way they practiced, they weren't in shape. Like, Jordan Davis was not in shape. You know, Carter had a good first half of the season, a bad second half. I think they have to revisit this load management idea and on the analytics towards practice, are they going to be ready to go? Hargrave's commentary, I thought, was since was real, where Hargrave said, hey, you know, in San Francisco, it's a lot like the Miami Heat. In Philadelphia, it's a little bit like the Warriors. I think you got to be a little bit more like the Heat to get better during the season, during the season, because you lose stuff if you don't. Michael Lombardi joining us, former general manager, has worked in the NFL for decades. Uh, V-SIN and uh, the GM shuffle, which we love. Can we talk a little gossip? Can yes, we sure. gossip a little bit? The commander's uh, hiring of Dan Quinn, we know he's on board. But there's some new reporting that's coming out about what happened with Detroit Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson. And here's the gossipy part that I would love to get your take <laughs> on. The idea that Ben Johnson was supposed to have a second interview with the Commanders. They lose that heartbreaking game mm -hmm. in the NFC Championship uh, to the 49ers. And then he texts the front office, the commander, says, I want to withdraw my name while they're in mid-flight on the way, presumably, from Washington to Detroit. Have you ever had anything happen like that in your decades? No, but they were also going to see Aaron Glenn, too. So it was two birds and one stone. I think that he got to the point where Ben Johnson felt like it just wasn't the right fit for him. You know, because, look, here's what, the, here's what Washington is going to do. They're building their organization around Adam Peters. He is going to run their team. They, Josh Harris, haven't been, a, uh, unfortunately, I'm a 76er fan. Uh, well I know how Josh Harris operates his team. He's given his general manager the authority, and the coach kind of implements the authority. That's what's going to happen in D.C. Now, I don't think that works. That formula doesn't work. I think it's been proven over time that it's very challenging to work. But Peters is going to run the team, and I think that Ben Johnson felt like maybe it was too much of a, a basketball mm. model, not mm -hmm. an NFL model. Well, that's what he said. There's basketball guys. Because then it became a race to who could leak information yeah. about the other one and who could make each other look bad. I mean, it, it got a little real housewives for a minute. Yeah, it did. And I think to me, look, Ben Johnson, he's, you know, he, he's not a dynamic personality. I think the more time he spends 
growing as a coach, it's going to benefit him. Sometimes these guys get jobs way too young. They're not ready for it. Mm. And I think Ben will be ready, but it has to be the right situation. And I think going there, it could be very difficult. I think Dan Quinn gives them positivity, and it gives them a little bit of experience. Because remember, Peters has never been a GM before. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, so that's a team that did not hire Bill Belichick. Are these teams that didn't pursue him harder going to regret it? I would think, I mean, look, how do you justify not hiring them? I mean, if you're the Atlanta Falcons, you act like you've been to 15 Super Bowls, right? I mean, they put out a press release last year. They weren't interested in Lamar Jackson, and then they turned down the winningest <laughs> coach of all time. And yet they stick with this front office who are making these decisions. Like, at some point, when does the fan say, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm trusting you <laughs> to make these decisions? And really what it says is Arthur Smith was responsible for the 21 wins over three years. Not Nobody else. Everybody else was fine. Michael, though, thank, thank you. you so much for your time and can't wait to talk to you before the draft. You Got bet. a lot of fun storylines for that. And Michael Lombardi, so we're back here at Radio Row, Mandalay Bay Convention Center, of course, Perloff, and now Dave Marinick, who I think is really upset with me, our assistant program director, because I asked him to walk maybe two miles to get our yeah. souvenirs from our pawn shop that we went to yesterday, the silver and gold pawn shop famous from Pawn Stars. He's just vacated the premises I know, now. he's always here. Uh, he's always here. He's always smiling. I asked him to go do this thing, which I was way out of, out of bounds. I yeah. should have never done it. And now, not only is he not speaking to me, he's gone. And even more, we asked him, hey, do you want to come on so Maggie can apologize on air? He said, no thanks. I know. Yeah. And then you guys went over and started talking about the Vegas Golden Knights game, and he's getting all bubbly and animated like the old Dave. I was trying to change the topic. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, this is, How did I do this? How did I alienate the nicest person in radio? Is this ruined Super Bowl week for you, Maggie? Because <laughs> <laughs> Well, I didn't think it was going to be as bad when, when I had no water in my hotel room yeah. coming out of the faucets, the shower, and the <laughs> weird tub that's in my room. I, I thought that was rock bottom and here we are i mean i will never forget the look on his face when you he said you said can he do this and for what an elvis plate listen <laughs> for what this is an awesome two elvis figurines that happened to be in ej's hotel room which is located around colorado so from here. ej's the one who left him in his hotel room why didn't he have to tell dave and why why well, did you have to take that bullet well because you know i well we can't have ej going back to his room he needs to be no, here but he should have gone to, to dave well, no, probably the first thing that would have got me fired from this show. <laughs> you know, listen. They're saying we're listen. we'll find new producers. So there's producers here everywhere. They could have replaced <laughs> me in a second. Listen, I don't want to put EJ in that position. Yeah. You know, this is EJ's first Super Bowl. But Oh, my, by the way, uh, this is my 13th. I, I was just going to say, uh, your co-host, he pretended to be typing on yeah, a computer know, looking off. to the left. Foxhole Perloff was pretending to be on the phone <laughs> with a credit card company while I'm asking Dave to go <laughs> grab a souvenir. But that's my question, though, for me, because like, you went to Axe, but then you brought me over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, was, so I, I got all the shrapnel. It was like I was also asking. And I'm like, no. I, I'm only here because I was brought over. Yeah. Okay, I, someone is on my side. I'm sorry for pulling you yeah. into that, but that's executive producer stuff. Yeah, um, Kaplan, Andrew Kaplan, who's the best, already had photoshops already of Jose Altuve's <laughs> statue being the same size as a garbage can. The man's a genius. Uh, Maggie gave him something to do. No apology needed. No. Here's the no <laughs> oh, great, Cap. Yeah. Make the situation worse. Um, I think Dave's got stuff to do. It was a long, It's a long walk. Now, listen, I do the walk. Sometimes I have to do it in high heels. I'm not trying to make this like a gender thing. But Dave's in flats. He's in comfortable footwear. You get a couple steps in. What's the big deal? He just walked two miles carrying <laughs> coffee for us. I know. I've timed and this your walk, breakfast. By I've timed this walk, yeah. by the way, because I wanted to know what it, how, how long it takes to get back. So on a brisk stroll, just like a regular nice walk, 
22, 23 minutes. Oh. I, 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 did a, I did a power walk because one of these days, yesterday I forgot my, my pass. I had to run back. Yeah. And I did a power walk here. Um, 15 minute power walk. Like, like I'm like really getting through these casinos, like bumping people. Excuse me. Like, it is not, again, a nice stroll. It's, it is serious. It's like, it's like an obstacle course, you know, and also a metal detector. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of things yeah, here. You're a terrible person. There's multiple security these, checkpoints. These Elvis Chachkis that he went to get had to go through the metal detector, probably took about 10 extra minutes. <laughs> probably. But they're so cool. They're very cool, but I mean, they could have waited an hour. I mean, uh, but, I mean no. We also talked about it before. I mean, okay. the social video video, oh. social media video will come out later today. Cap will yeah. get on that. I mean, it could have could have done this tomorrow. Okay, see, by but way, Dave is back and he's pretending to look at his computer too, I so know. he doesn't have to look you in the eye. <laughs> I know. I guys, I realize I blew it here with Dave Marinick. I asked him to go to get the mm. stuff from the hotel room, and now the nicest person in radio is mad at me. I, I don't know. Well, only no, you, only me. You almost made it up though. You said, "Can I get water for anyone?" The water cooler is like 15 yards away. Can <laughs> okay, I go 15 yards same. out of my way? <laughs> Listen, I'm offering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're gonna have okay. to do something much nicer. See, this is my problem. I we host a radio show, we're very in the moment. Yeah, yeah. So everything is urgent to me. Yeah. And I know that's not exactly how life is, and especially when we leave the East Coast, it becomes a little more pronounced how up Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. how what's what's the right word here? How um uptight I might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, uh, no, you're totally right. If the Elvis plate had gotten here 90 minutes later, <laughs> the entire show would completely <laughs> gone off the off the rails. I know. It's 4 o'clock in the morning here, and I desperately need an Elvis souvenir that <laughs> one of them's broken and the other one plays, like, lullaby music. Yeah, yeah, and then we don't even have batteries for the... Uh, <laughs> no, we don't. No, no. Maggie, this is so much fun because you're a guilty person, and I don't think we're going to let go of this for months. Well, and the lack of sleep is not helping. I'm, I'm having trouble reading the room. <laughs> it's really thrown off my senses. I've been like in some weird conversations with people, and I can't tell if it's them or me. This is a week you want to be sharp. A lot of the industry is here. I know. I'm seeing a lot of former bosses, current bosses. Yeah. Like Dave, <laughs> who I just, just ticked off. All right, well... At yeah, least we got the souvenirs <laughs> coming up. Uh, Brock Purdy gets honest about his place in the NFL, but how much could it change on Sunday? We've got that for you. Don't move. Maggie Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back on Maggie and Perloff live from Radio Row. It is Wednesday, so no matter where we are, that is great sports debate day. Today's debate, best Super Bowl of all time. Hopefully 
this Sunday will join the list. Mine was Super Bowl 13, Steelers, Cowboys, Lynn Swan, John Starworth, Randy White. You know the names. You might not have been there for it, but 35-31, to me, the greatest Super Bowl ever played. What you have, Meg? Mine was Super Bowl 42. So this is Patriots-Giants round one. This was the undefeated Patriots season, and... The out of nowhere New York Giants are the ones who stand in the way of history. Brady had Randy Moss. He had the best offense of his entire tenure. And it was Eli Manning, of all people, with a David Tyree helmet catch, 14 points in the fourth quarter. And and because of the history that could have been made and how it was stopped, I think Mm. that has to be the greatest of all time. EJ? Yep, I went with the Super Bowl right after that, Super Bowl 43, which had maybe the greatest catch of all time. One of the greatest defensive plays of all time. You're talking about Antonio Holmes' catch, James Harrison's mm-hmm. touchdown. And a play that got completely forgotten was Larry Fitzgerald running a 64-yard touchdown yeah. with two minutes left. We thought this was going to be the grand, uh, big moment for Larry Fitzgerald's career winning the Super Bowl. Fantastic game between the Steelers and Cards. So that's the one I picked. Greatest catch. Lynn Swan defied gravity in my game. Are you no. serious? Antonio Holmes with his tippy toes in the corner, hand all toe hands catch. Didn't Is that better than catching guys, off your helmet? I got yeah. David yeah. Tyree, who never no one ever even heard of him before that catch, and then the finish it off with Plaxico Burris in the end zone. Oh, but the yeah. helmet actually helps you a little bit. Like you <laughs> yeah, get well, a pin it on something. You forgot I mean, Rodney Harrison was draped well, all over. Well, that's a great, great side question. What is the greatest catch in Super Bowl history, too? I oh, think yeah. We have three, games we have three all, great catches, yeah. yeah. Amazing. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. You can also weigh in on social media. You can tell us what was the greatest Super Bowl of all time. Um, okay. Brock Purdy is a lightning rod. Kind of shocking that he creates this much impassion and passion debate. But he, the idea that he's just a game manager or is he the MVP of the league? I mean, wild kind of swing when you're talking about what Brock Purdy is. Now, Brock was asked about it. And he says, when he hears game manager, I feel like it can be a compliment at times. All right, you've got a guy that can come in and run the system well. I feel like that's a compliment. I think you're doing things right mentally and obviously you're good enough to be able to hit guys that are open and make plays. Now, this is a great quote. Uh, there's more. I'm sorry. You know, there's 32 teams in the NFL. There's not a lot of people that can come in and play the quarterback position well in the NFL. It's a hard job. So if you're saying that I'm a game manager and I don't look flashy in how I do it, I mean, that's your opinion, and that's okay. Listen, how do you not like Brock Purdy, right? Yeah, great, he's, great he's, answer. He always has the right answer. Awesome, and, and I totally get it. Now, here's the question about it, though. He can say it's a compliment, but Purdy's got some skill. We know that he does. Yeah. He wouldn't be in the MVP conversation if he didn't have skill. He's not literally just handing the ball off. This isn't, you know, the wishbone offense or whatever. Wing T. If he should he be aspiring to be more than just a game manager? Does he have the skill and has he shown that he has the skill to be, as Cam Newton said, more of a game changer and not a game manager? No, this I agree with him. Why do we say game manager is a bad thing? You know who is the best game manager so far this postseason? A guy named Patrick Mahomes. He game managed the heck out of that win over the Ravens. And Tom we know Brady that's a was, choice. That's a choice for Mahomes. No, yeah, he but could game be a man- game wrecker if he needed to be. But why is game, cha- why is game manager not a choice? 
I well, mean, that you're immediately putting a pejorative spin on the two words. There's nothing in the words game and manager that means you are inferior and have to be a game no, manager. No, no, but we say that Mahomes is a game manager because of the folks around him, because he doesn't have Tyree Kill to be burning down the sideline. And when he did, yeah. we saw someone who was much more than a game manager. Well, actually, ironically, Purdy's throwing the ball farther than anyone no, in know. the NFL. A lot of so he's actually not playing anything like a game manager. We're just looking how short he is and saying he's a game manager. Uh, you know, as multiple guests have pointed out, his yards per attempt are insane. But my point is, I, I agree with him. It doesn't have to be a negative thing to say you're a game manager. And he also mentioned system. What's wrong with being a system quarterback? Uh, I think that means that you're working as a team. So I think that these terms should not have a negative spin. And even if that's all he's ever going to be, Maggie, he could win three Super Bowls as a game manager. No even doubt. if he can't be a game record. You don't need a game record. Okay, but you know when Tom Brady was managing games early in his career, right, those three early Super Bowls, the beginning of the dynasty, yeah. dynasty part one, if you will, he also wasn't, he wasn't winning MVP of the league. Right. That came after. So yeah, but it actually... Yeah, Talk about, and then even in the second half of his career where his numbers went up, he won a Super Bowl 13-3, and he talked about it. He game-managed the heck out of that game against the Rams in 2018. No, I get it, but Brock Purdy is an MVP finalist. He is someone who a lot of media people who vote on this award yeah. do think Brock Purdy is the MVP. And I'm saying we didn't even give that to Brady when he was more game yeah. manager earlier. So that's where my, you know, I'll say criticism of, of Purdy, I don't, I don't even know if that's that strong. I just don't know how he's in the MVP conversation with people like Lamar Jackson and Christian McCaffrey when we're acknowledging his game managerness and Tom Brady didn't even sniff the MVP when he was a game manager. But I don't think Tom Brady's numbers were like Brock Purdy. 36 Probably not different NFL back then, though, 2001. Well, right, but there were still a lot of quarterbacks with way better numbers. There's nobody with better numbers than Brock Purdy. Not even Lamar. Lamar Jackson has the running numbers, but Brock Purdy's got the best. Brock Purdy, ironically, and Dak Prescott, one of the most criticized, have superior numbers to everyone this sure. year. Way superior to Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes had 27 touchdowns and 14 picks this year. That's game manager stuff. Okay, but that's not all he does. You know, we're talking what? about Brock Purdy. We've seen, and Mahomes is not an MVP finalist this year, by the right, way, because those numbers aren't because the numbers aren't where they need to be. Yet we acknowledge that he is the greatest quarterback in the game, and we've seen him do it where he has to raise his level super high. He can't just be in the system where he has had to play yeah. outside of the system. Hell, he and Kelsey are still improvising out there all these years later. That's how Kelsey's getting open all the time. Well, They're not a system that you can't, you still can't game plan for them. But I don't think that's a knock on Brock Purdy that he cannot do the things that Patrick Mahomes can do. Yes, he, of course, we know he's not going to be a magician like Patrick Mahomes. Guess who else isn't going to be? Everybody's not like Patrick Mahomes. Right. And just because he's not as talented as Lamar Jackson and he's not as big as Josh Allen, he could still be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He could be oh, great. Bro, so I, no doubt, but MVP? Yeah, he could easily be an MVP down the road. If he continues no, no, to develop. This year is what we're talking about. Yeah. The numbers are well, he's there. he's not the MVP, so I, I'm not sure. It's going to be Lamar okay. Jackson. Oh, I know, and if that game against the Ravens had just gone a little bit differently, it would be Brock but Purdy. It's not like needed, he was trailing all year. He was the front runner at one point. Well, they would have needed a huge Brock Purdy game to win that game. And yeah. if he could have won that game and thrown four touchdowns, then he might have deserved it. Yeah, I, I think he was closer to it. Listen, you could make a great argument for McCaffrey, too. But even... My point is, game manager is a good thing. 
you know, do not immediately assume that just because a guy's a game manager, he has no talent. I think a lot no, of people no, do. People do do that. No I talent. Definitely. I mean, that's really strong. Uh, no game one manager, say that. Game manager, system quarterback. That is code for, that's like setting someone up on a date and saying she has a great personality. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Bogish is standing by with headlines. Wait, Bogish, I'm sorry. Can I just ask you one small thing? Uh, yeah. So we're on Zoom. Are you sitting in a different seat today? Uh, I'm sitting in a different seat today for technical reasons. Okay. I thought for a minute you were sitting in my seat, and I was like, man, am I getting replaced already? I am on your side of the room now, but I'm not in your seat. Plus, well, the Zoom like is David, not. David made the call. I know. I was like, did Marinick already make the make it send an email? Yeah. I, I asked the guy to do one favor, and all of a sudden <laughs> I'm out at CBS. And it's really weird because, like, the Zoom feed of me is from my iPad in front of me, but then I see the room camera shooting me. So I've got two different versions of myself on the same screen, and I don't like it. I don't like either Gosh. one of them, but double is not good. I'm so mad that I'm not there in New York to watch you get annoyed when that computer on the left side of the studio doesn't work. That's your favorite thing, Bogus. There's nothing more joyful than watching you yell at a computer. Well, the good thing is uh, we have a, developed a new problem this morning. <laughs> oh, lovely. Yes, which has uh, flummoxed our engineering department. So they've promised to get this fixed within the next three hours is my appointment. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Well, it's not like we're doing live radio or anything. Well, yeah. or it's not like you can rely on Dave Marinick to make a call and help <laughs> because he's busy being a gopher for Maggie. <laughs> or he's he's too busy getting the code red together for yeah, me to yeah. fall through yeah. a trap door after the show. But I do have Pete Bilotti who wants to be a boss like nobody else, so he got to write a snarky email to engineering, so at least was give, <laughs> I was able to give Pete that gift this morning. He took his Altuve angst out on engineering today. To oh, whom now they like four cameras on me. I oh hate Andrew Kaplan. Oh. This, is so, this is so weird. This I don't is, like this. It's like a bo- a bogish cast, like the Mannings. It's, You're no, wearing it's like a, a house quarter of zip. Horrors. <laughs> it's like the uh, it's even a bald DJ, spot like cam. With, yeah, uh, the multiverse. A bald multiverse spot cam. Yeah. Bogish. Oh man, it's like we need uh, you know like a fun house, like tall, skinny, bogish, short, fat, bogish. Uh, well, short and this. fat exists. I tall and skinny. <laughs> would be cool. You're not giving people an accurate representation of who you are. I'm now curious about Pete after he writes his two books. What's the deal with you? And get the hell out. Out of here. Bogus, what would be the title of his business book? Uh, if he was going to do a business leadership <laughs> How book. to not to succeed in business. <laughs> Ten <laughs> ways to lose friends and alienate people. <laughs> How to have the same job with Bogus for 12 years. <laughs> Riding off to the sunset with How people. to not go to Radio Row by people on. <laughs> <laughs> Lessons in staying home. <laughs> At least you guys have water. <laughs> yeah. Is yeah, I running did water this morning, house? so hey, hey. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Joke's on me. Thank you, Luxor Hotel. I was the same people who are dealing with the tech the tech issues back there are probably the same people fixing the water. Yeah. <laughs> Did they call Martin for that? <laughs> I love Martin, by the way. He's the best. Yeah. Is uh, it- Maggie, just shut up. Okay. Do not- <laughs> Sorry. I love Martin. I do. It's helped me out of many a jam. Oh, my <laughs> back God. Back at the shop. Cut you know her mic I- before she gets Wait. A- alienates everyone we need behind the scenes. Can I tell you the most embarrassing <laughs> part of this yesterday with the water not working? So the water, I, I'm waking up from like a small nap, like 25 seconds of my eyes shut. And I realize there's no water coming out of the faucet. I got to brush my teeth with a bottle of water. I had already showered, so it was cool, but there's no, nothing coming out of the shower, nothing coming for the tub. I'm like, shoot, what am I going to do? So I pick up the phone and call. Have you ever tried to call a front desk of a hotel casino in Vegas? Do you think anyone's picking that up? No <laughs> shot. I get put on hold forever. We have an interview to do, so now I'm up against the time. I'm going through the casino, and I see a guy 
pushing like a garbage can. Like I see a custodian. So I just was walk it Ray up Lewis? to him. I was say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was doing a bad Jamaican accent. <laughs> Hello, Maggie. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was a guy, Larry, who was wearing who was, you know, all he's doing is trying to clean up the casino. He he he's not responsible. I said, Hey, I'm so sorry to ask you. Random person walking there was like, There's no water in my shower. And he's like, All right, what's your room number? And I'm like, you're not going to write this down, are you? <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> like, All right. I'll have someone call the front desk. Thank you very much. Like, what did I think he was going to do? Stop mopping the floor and come up and fix my hotel? There's like a thousand rooms in this place. I kind of appreciate that he at least was willing to like. He was. He indulged, indulged you. He yeah. did. Exactly. He stopped. He was very courteous about it. I just could, He had a walkie-talkie. He's like, I'll call somebody. I was like, thanks, man. Man, Maggie, you were very popular in the office, but I feel like the sleep-deprived Maggie, you're I, alienated. I'm now, off, man. Now, Bogus, you're complaining about being in Vegas when Bogus is stuck in cold New York. Like, I mean, Okay, I'm not complaining about Vegas. I have no water. Yeah. That's kind of like a <laughs> Bogus, big thing. You burying me and Pearl off for just having a nice dinner? Well, no, that's no, no, because you guys, you are guys wrong. left me. How but, so? How are we wrong about that? <laughs> no well, invite know. to that or hockey game. She said, well, "Well, Maggie said I have plans." Well, I I know, but me having like a you know a chicken taco with my friend for a long time is not going to the Golden Knights game. Whatever, you've got a full invite to the Golden Knights <sighs> game. You guys know what you're I'm like seven o'clock. That's too late for my blood. I'm at <laughs> seven o'clock. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm still so sleep deprived. You guys are right. I, this is really uh, <laughs> this is not a good look for me. Uh, should I get the masthead of the company so you can go in chronological <laughs> order of people you're gonna offend? <laughs> Everybody LinkedIn page yeah, and just yeah. alert them to the fact that I'm, the, I'm taking names. The entire industry is here. We have a sleep deprived bag. You could go very well or very poorly. Oh, this is bad. Uh, Bogish, <laughs> save me with headlines. Yeah. Uh, how about Taylor Swift? She began her weekend in Tokyo today playing 45 songs over roughly three and a half hours. She opened, if you're counting at home, with Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince, and she closed with... Karma is a queen. Karma takes all my friends to the summit. Karma is the guy on the screen coming straight home to me. She's got two more shows left, and then the NFL's special effects department beams her up to Vegas <laughs> to keep the deep fake going. Now... Wait, did she change her lyrics to, to mention Travis Kelsey? Is that a thing that she's she been doing? She did in Brazil, I th or Argentina. She said Karma's a guy on the Chiefs. Yeah. Or oh, maybe that was in the United States, right? So know. that that time she didn't do it there. Well, that was yeah. just a that's the studio version of the yeah. song. Oh, yeah. Bogus is just cle more clever than we are. Again, yeah. sleep deprived. Her new album's coming out though with a song called "Love of My Life." So, ooh, Ryan, mm. oh. good Wait, intel. Did, did it? It came out right? No, no April nineteenth. April. Yeah, what's it called? The Mean Poet Society or something? Yeah. It's yeah, actually coming out draft weekend to keep the NFL <laughs> Rouge going. It's going to be go. drafted yeah. second overall. No, it's right at the combine when the, when the tight ends actually take <laughs> the field. They're going to coincide with the drop of the album. She's dropping it right between 40 times. <laughs> right. And right between the shuttle run and well, the three-cone drill. If you, had to run to a, if you had to run a 40 to music... Who would you who would you want to run? What do you think would be your fastest time? Like who do you think could actually help you running a forty? There is one song that I guarantee you, if you're a workout person and you need an extra boost, you will get past that last fatigue. You will run a personal best, and it is Gloria, the pop song that the St. Louis Blues used uh, when they won the Stanley Cup. They were, Gloria. Yes, Gloria. When this goes and like gets to the uh, what do they say the like the hook? Yeah, the hook. Oh, the, the chorus. Yeah, the chorus. You will turn into, you know, 
I want to say John Ross. Uh, who had Gloria queued up, by the way? That was Bogus. impressive. Um, they used to play the no, Sunday was, show all was, the time. We did, but that was Ryan, actually. He beat me to it. Oh, Ryan. Uh, you're saying that's so last night at the hockey game, which I was at and Maggie was not. Yeah. <laughs> They played Thunderstruck and the whole place went crazy. Oh, that's a great I would one too. feel that that's a better yeah. hype song than Gloria. <laughs> no, if you're asking if you want to run fast. Uh, me, EJ, you probably me, have something way some, cooler. Yeah, give me some DMX. Yeah. yeah. Like, like X gonna give it to you. Something like that. Wow. This is Rough, this is Rough Rod's anthem. Damn. But this is a little this Ryan? Is a rough, what are you a DJ? <laughs> <laughs> Ryan can do it all, by the way. He's he's yeah. the GOAT. Yeah, okay? he really is. Got How about um Taylor Swift set the track list on the new album and finding DMX on the spot? Oh, I love style. Yes. Uh how about that song by The Who, Bob O'Reilly, Teenage Wasteland, that, yeah. that famous oh, lead-up, and then it kicks in. They play that at sporting events all the time. Actually, you know what? Another yeah. song I thought about, too, and he's probably a little upset because his team just got knocked out of the playoffs. I think Rap God by Eminem, when he goes on that crazy oh, yeah, thing yeah, yeah, where he yeah. raps yeah. like a million words in like 30 seconds, I just play that part. But just, you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be running for hopefully 5.1 seconds or something though. Uh, that's good for an offensive hey, lineman. You, Eminem probably finished that verse in the five seconds <laughs> of that song. You need That'd a, be a song, nice challenge. You need a song that builds up and then drops right as you're about to run because it's gonna be done so fast. Uh, except for me and Maggie. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> happens. The, the, the music drops and then that's it. EJ, um, you haven't done a draft with us. Maggie running the 40 is awesome. Oh, I saw really that. Good. I saw that video. You know, know. you're pretty good. No, I'm not. No, I mean, you're not bad. <laughs> well, I've had to run a barefoot two years in a row, and uh, I run like Forrest Gump. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Straight she's up. Yeah, Eric Dickerson. She's got an upright <laughs> yeah. running yes. style. If yes. you If you actually Same. bent down and got got the women's this out, I think you could uh, impress us. Always next year. Uh, Bogish, what else we got? Uh, a wise mean girl once said, stop trying to make fetch happen. Dear NBA, stop trying to make Mac McClung happen. Last year's G League dunking savant will be back in Indy next weekend. Joined by Jaime Jaquez, the other topping. And Jalen Brown, a real NBA player, is going to dunk in Indy in a couple weekends? Bogus, you're saying like Bilotti. I bet you Bilotti hates having a G-leaguer in the dunk contest. Who oh, cares? What's no, the difference? Clung school. Okay, so here's the thing about Jalen Brown. Is he... Uh, one of the high, he's one of the highest paid guys in the league, right? He broke the record for the biggest contract. Yeah, yeah right. He's not even the best player on his own team, but yeah. he broke the record for the highest contract. I think Jalen Brown is doing a service for all NBA players here, which is everyone now can shut up about the good players in the league not doing the dunk contest because he's a perennial Ooh. all-star. He's yep. getting, he's being paid so much money, and he's doing it. No, no one's ever gonna ever gonna be satisfied until LeBron James does a dunk contest. LeBron's thirty-nine years I know, old. But the fact that he wimped out of the dunk contest is a stain on his career. <laughs> I agree. Oh my with God, that I don't agree. agree with. You don't even like the dunk contest. <laughs> I. I you no, liked it when Dominique like, was doing it. You no, don't like I don't, it now. I don't like, I, I'm excited for Jalen Brown. I don't like that the star players don't do it, of course. Okay, but here but, we go. But the fact that, and I blame LeBron. LeBron didn't, he said, I'm, I'm too cool for this. And then everyone filed suit because he's the leader of the NBA. You don't yeah. think that was weak that LeBron never followed in Michael Jordan's footsteps? Different time. Different time. Oh, Michael Jordan, on. flying is timeless. He actually took flight. A human being I know, threw and, wings and took off from the foul line. And why was he doing it? Because he needed to for publicity. At that time, you needed to get... 
But LeBron oh, doesn't need on. to do anything like that to yes, increase Mike, his portfolio. Single because Michael Jordan did the dunk contest and built the NBA into what it is. LeBron didn't need to do it. So. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's all he did was the he dunk was a, contest, and then poof, here was the league. He was Magic afraid. and Larry had nothing to do with it. The titles had nothing to do with it. It was all the dunk contest. The NBA before Michael Jordan is what we know the G League is. Now. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, it's back to the G League. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, no, I, I'm always. I just want to see it. I wanted to see LeBron be created because he's one of the great dunkers in the history of the game. Uh, Bogues, well, we got the trade deadline tomorrow. Sheesh. Okay, what else? Uh, NBA action last night. Kyrie Irving went back to Brooklyn, scored 36. His Mavericks beat the Nets 119-107. And the Knicks stayed hot 123-113 over the Grizzlies, who remained so shorthanded that Steve Francis and Big Country Reeves played in this game. (laughs) All-star guard Jalen Brunson's right foot fell off on a drive to the rim. He (laughs) is listed as day-to-day. And say it loud and proud, Astro for life, Jose Altuve signing a five-year, $125 million extension in Houston yesterday. Guys, back to you. Thank St- you, Bogish. Stephon Marbury was a grizzly? I don't remember that era. Wait, I said Steve Francis. Francis. Oh, Francis. Steve Francis? He, yeah. oh, he was traded like I, months later because he basically said, I'm not going to Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. I would have gone. Then they moved the franchise. Yeah. <laughs> no, no one went to Vancouver after that. <laughs> I would have gone Sharif Abdul-Rahim. But, uh. Yeah, I didn't remember. So wait, how long was Steve Francis there? Four I, days. Uh, yeah, seriously, oh. like a day, two days. <laughs> you, you, people make the jokes about Zach Levine being so upset of being drafted by a Vancouver, by a by a Minnesota. Pull that video of Steve Francis getting drafted by the Grizzlies. Oh, and he looks. He, oh, it was a draft. It was a. I dra- did not he got realize. Drafted, yeah. And he had said before the draft, I'm not, I'm not going there. And they drafted him. And, oh, the look on his face was just like, I love watching old NBA drafts, weird thing, but it's, okay. it's awesome. So let's fast forward that, Bogus, thank you so much. Let's fast forward that to modern day. Could we be seeing a similar thing play out at the NFL draft this April? We'll get to that. We've got a lot more to do right here at the Mandalay Bay Convention Center. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. Mandalay Bay Convention Center. All right, we mentioned it. Uh, This is going to be the story that dominates once the Super Bowl is over. So allow us to just fast forward for one second. Pretend the Super Bowl already happened. It was awesome. Greatest game of all time. We're talking about it for weeks on end. And then we're going to turn our attention to the draft. We're joking. Taylor Swift's going to drop her next album, you know, at the Combine, just to try to capitalize on every (laughs) milestone of the NFL calendar throughout the year. But... This idea that Caleb Williams would tell the Bears he doesn't want to come and play in Chicago. We haven't had this in a while in the NFL or the NBA, quite frankly, that he would not play for the Bears and that he wants to specifically go to either play with the Commanders because he's from the Washington, D.C. area. Cliff Kingsbury is now their O.C. um, And he was with Caleb Williams at USC last year as an assistant coach. I mean... Well, I I mean, I I think Caleb... Williams camp shot it down already. I mean, Colin Coward reported that he doesn't want Chicago. They were very quick to say that narrative's not out there. Now, can they? So, I think uh, I I don't know. Do you think that was Caleb, or is people, or just don't want? If he says I don't want to put that out there, then he's not going to go Eli. Because Eli was consistent. Yes. I'm not going to the Chargers when he did that the doopsie do here. Okay, well, there's a little bit of difference. Even though Eli was, what, 2004? Yeah. The world has changed a bit in the last 20 years in terms of you really have to play this right from the public standpoint. 
right? Mm -hmm. Like, you don't want to put it out there now. This is something, if you actually are going to do it, and by the way, I'm not alleging he is, you want to do this more behind the scenes. You would want to back channel, and I think the Bears would would agree Ah, because you want to save face here. This made the Chargers, the Eli Manning thing, made the Chargers look awful. Now, they rebounded with Phillip Rivers and had some really fun years, but they looked like a second fiddle organization because Eli embarrassed them. I don't think the Bears would want to go through that publicly. I think if this is actually true, they would work behind the scenes with him. And furthermore, I just hope for the commander side of this, like I'm one of the rare people. I kind of like the Dan Quinn hire. I think you just need a leader and you need somebody to just start, get the boat in the water for this thing with a new ownership group in the post Dan Snyder world. And I'm wondering if they hired Kingsbury, was this like the Jets hiring Nathaniel Hackett or the Broncos hiring Nathaniel Hackett? Did you hire a guy because you thought it would lure someone else to you, not because you actually like what this guy is capable of? Well, First of all, I'm not sure why. I don't agree on Washington. I think that's going to take some time to rebuild because the ownership group got just got there. The GM needs to do all his own draft picks. I think there's a lot to unbury from the Daniel Snyder era. New England's a mess. They have no talent on offense, so he doesn't want to be there. I, I understand what you're saying about Cliff Kingsbury, but Cliff Kingsbury would also be a great match with Jaden Daniels, who, if you read mock drafts reports, has, has clearly surpassed Drake May as the number two quarterback in this draft sure. to a lot of writers right now. So what, what, what is Jaden Daniels, what can he not do that Caleb Williams can do in that kind of spread college offense? I think he's, he's proven he could, could run for 250 yards a game and throw for 400 yards a game. I think that's a good fit, too. What's, the, what's wrong with that? Well, I mean, there is a fair criticism of Cliff Kingsbury that, I mean, he hasn't done much. And even what he did with Kyler Murray on the pro level, I mean, by the end of their tenure, these guys were barely speaking to each other. I mean, it looked like the terrible relationship, and now you're going to have another young Uh, quarterback. Listen, I know Kingsbury was a college coach, so he could get along well with these young players, but that fizzled out. I don't know. I think you've seen the most productive Kyle Murray you ever see under Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, he was there for the Mahomes 770-yard game at Texas Tech, right? I mean, the dude knows how to call plays. Well, He's that's, very the big, si- that's the Big 12. It's a little bit I, different than the NFL. He was still, his offense was, he took the air raid to new levels. I mean, I think, uh, I think Lombardi pointed out, it's good to have Cliff as an offensive coordinator and not a head coach. That's all I will say. Yeah, well, right about that. So we'll have a, a little while to unpack that. Okay, we only have a few minutes left in the show. Do we think we can get Dave Marinick to forgive me by the nope. end of the day? He Ooh. is not buying into this. Yeah, he's just pretending you're going. What do right I now. have to do here? Do I have to buy him a gift? Do I have to buy him a meal? Like, where everything. You want to know how bad he does not want to deal with you right now? Yeah. He is in a deep conversation with Peter Schwartz. Wait, I was wondering, <laughs> am I hallucinating on some kind of drug I got in L- Is Peter Schwartz here? <laughs> he is is that here. Peter Schwartz right in front of me? Yes, he's here. He told Our, us he was coming, and uh, I feel like you're right. I think that Marinick is now in deep conversation with Schwartz just to avoid me and my blunder of asking him to walk two and a half miles to get the souvenirs that we bought at the world-famous pawn shop yesterday. I can mean, can we be in all seriousness here? I think he's legitimately mad at you. <laughs> Thank I, I, you. We're not I, Perlo, I, I know. maybe this was a bit for the show, but I don't think that anymore. No, he's... He's not happy. Oh, gosh. Okay. Thank you. It's EJ Stewart. Thank you so much. Dave Marinick. Thank you, Dave. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you to oh. Bobby and JT. Thank you, guys. What a Thank fake you smile to Ryan Potcher. Thank you to Andrew Bogish and Andrew Kaplan and Pete Pilati, the Weedos, the coffee drinkers. Carlos, love you. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. 
Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.